WKDW 97.5 Northport Real Community Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pets Teach Us So Much Radio. Everett and Everett here. I'm Robin Everett. And I'm Joseph Everett. We are animal advocates, pet lifestyle experts, and pet trendologists, bringing you the best pet news and celebrity gossip. We have a huge show today. We have Laura Lassiter. She's an animal communicator. She's going to tell us about how uh, her experiences uh, have affected her life with communicating with animals, as well as how we can communicate with our own animals. Well, I'm glad she can't connect and communicate with the old insects I used to deal with. What did you used to do to me? Oh, magnifying glasses. Oh, what? Uh, on the ant butts? Yes. You, you did that when you were a kid? Kind of. There's going to be a lot of ants waiting for you, is all I'm saying. Plus <laughs> also, we... wait a minute. I'm not done yet. You totally threw me off the track with the ants. I'm sorry. Plus, we have Ann Greenberg coming on the show. Now, she is going to talk to us about trends in eco-friendly pet gear, which is really cool. We have some cool products to talk about um, as well. Plus, we have an interesting animal news from around the world. Now, if you'd like to have your little fur baby is sick and realize... Hold on a second. We always have to put the disclaimer out there with our show, which is very important. And it's it's important that you recognize if your animal is sick. So if you think your little fur baby is sick, realize that our show is for informational purposes only. Get professional veterinary help immediately. Thank you. And Thank that's, you. And that's just to protect yourselves and make sure you're not listening to us and not understanding something and missing something on your little fur babies. Yes. That's a very good advice. So we have tons of info today for cat lovers and for dog lovers and for... Raccoon lovers. You chose raccoon out of all the animals you could choose. You chose raccoon. Yes, because I was reading a story about a baby raccoon. This is a guy that's a tree surgeon. He was cutting down a tree, mm-hmm. and inside the tree he found a little four-week-old raccoon. Uh-huh. And what he did, he, he took the raccoon home, mm-hmm. and he, he took care of the raccoon, just like he did his other animals. Mm-hmm. And he said in, it said in the article that he was a previous, you know, it's not a first-time Rescuing a raccoon and taking care of a raccoon. He sees a lot in the trees. And he says, I only got a few more li- a few more months left of his little buddy because when they become adults, they get very aggressive. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yes, so he's going to release him uh, just as he gets up to about a year old. When he can fend for himself. When he can fend for himself oh, and get nice. him back out there. But he said right now he's feeding them little grapes and everything Aww. like that, and they're so cute. Well, that was and very heartwarming. That's Aww. raccoon noise? Raccoon noise. Okay, thank you. And what the <laughs> raccoon is saying... I love grapes. <laughs> They're so good and squishy, They're and I delicious. just love them. <laughs> anyway. If you guys are into Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, find us at TPPC TV or um, go to Pets Teach Us So Much. Uh, you'll find us there. We have a groovy group on Facebook. It's a lot of fun, the Pet Lover Crew. So you could, you could join it. And uh, we do post a lot of fun stories. Have a good time in there. Comment on the show on our page. We would love to hear from you. If you have news or you'd like to be on our show, send an inquiry to info at tppc.tv. That's info at T is in Tom, P is in Peter, P is in Peter, C is in Charlie.tv for television. Thank you, Joseph. So there's a lot going on. First of all, we have to tell you about our little baby, Philomena. You know, our little min pen. Last week we were talking about how she went for surgery, had her teeth cleaned, and had a little thing taken off her arm. And you said to me this morning, honey, you said, uh, gee, I, I noticed you didn't sleep last night, but, but I didn't tell you what actually happened, you see. 
Philomena was thumping on her cage to get out. She takes her paw and she poof, poof, poof. I mean, on her little crate. It, yeah, it's a very nice um, collapsible fabric crate. It's lovely. She loves it. They were, they were trained in there. What we, we're, we believe in using the crates as training our, our pets. And when they get older, that's like a security blanket for yeah, them. They love like, going in there. So they, that's, where they, that's where we have them sleep at night. But anyway. Go so ahead. she was knocking at the door to come out. Poof, poof, poof. So I get up, unzip it, and she shoots out of there like a dart. And I, I was dumbfounded because she had taken her spare tire off of her head. Her, her life preserver to protect her. Her life preserver, which is the cone of silence, the cone of shame, what the dogs have to wear after surgery. Right. That's to, that's so that they don't gnaw and chew on their, she, on their sutures. She has a couple little stitches. Right. So she took her tire off. It's gray. It looks like a tire. And she's riding on the rims. She shoots out of there. <laughs> and she goes to get a drink. I mean, all this for a little bit of water. That's what she wants. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Okay, just wanted to wet my I whistle. Thought she, you know, I thought she was had another bout of diarrhea that she was no. running to the... No. Okay. She was okay, but I'm like, are you kidding me? All this for a drink of water? Because with all the antibiotics and everything she had uh, for prior to and post-surgery, has, uh, hasn't really agreed with her digestive system too much. Yeah, and she has a delicate system anyway. She does. So... Then she went ran right back in. I had to dig around in her crate, get the uh, get the uh, life preserver out, and stick it back on her. She was happy, went back to bed. But that's what happened. Anyway, so um, a couple kudos. You know, we always talk about invasive species. Yes. And this is something that is so serious. Well, here in Florida, they had the lionfish challenge, and they were trying to cull the lionfish, um, which will destroy a reef in no time. But they actually uh, removed 16, over 16,000 lionfish from Florida waters. Now, you know, we have a, another story that we found about how a guy is trying to make an automatic electronic device to go and zap the lionfish and, okay. and get the lionfish out of the reef. Now, is there a tag for the lionfish or is there, you any, just incent- have to is there any incentive? Well, it's a con- they actually have a contest. Oh, they have a contest. This one guy was named the Lionfish King. That would be David Garrett. He was named the king because he removed 3,300 lionfish. Good for him. Yeah, that was was good that that happened. So um, we want to talk about uh, essential oils for your dogs before we move on to Laura's. I'll be here in a little bit. But we have a blogger who we really like working with. Her name is Kimberly Gauthier, uh, or Gauthier. I always pronounce it horribly. It's Gauthier. She's a blogger behind the blog Keep the Tail Wagging. And she shares her experience with raw feeding their dog nutrition and raising litter mates. She and her boyfriend are raising their four dogs in the Pacific Northwest where they enjoy a property with plenty of room to run and explore. So... You know, this is a big thing now, these essential oils. Do you know what they are? Uh, is it something like for their skin to make it? Is it like vitamin E's and stuff? It's, or What was the not, one in the green plant my mother used to... Aloe. Is it like an aloe no, or something? It's not really. That's what is I thought it Is it something for that digestive system It then? can be taken... Um, I think essential oils, like, they're mixed almost like a potion. And the oils, But again, potion for what? Is it for, is it, is it for their... They have to ingest it? Some... Um, 
can be for smell, and some is on the skin. Okay, I got it. Not like a fish oil. Okay, so they're not ingested then? Correct. Okay. I mean, maybe some are. I don't know for sure, but she was talking about essential oils for shampoos and for health health, uh, purposes for skin. Okay. Because there are a lot of products out there. I mean, anybody who has a pet knows. Dog allergies, cat allergies. It's it. I mean, we didn't have this years ago when we were kids. Dogs ate well, Gainber- Gainsburger. But you know, you also got to look at what your dog used to do. Your dog had a purpose. Was usually out in the backyard. You know, a lot of people used them for not only like not for guard dogs, but they 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 did they either worked on on the property or they did mm-hmm. something. They removed. You know, small rodents and things like that. They were tougher. And they were, t- but their, like... but their life expectancy wasn't as long That's as they true. are now. That is very true. So I guess when you bring them in, you start doing different things and trying to figure out different things with their immune systems or whatever. That's you have true. to, you, you know, you might these things might come up. That's true. Well, look at the kid. Look at the things with kids now. Yeah, but the peanut the allergies. With so many allergies, we didn't have those allergies when we were no. kids. Well, no. we, we shouldn't even be here for little kids. <laughs> We ate I mean, dirt and stuff. Frank out of the garden hose <laughs> and climbed. To, we didn't have helmets on our bicycles. I know. It's amazing that we're still here, right? It really is. But, um, you know, what? shooting BB guns. You got to shoot your eye out, kid. No, that was that didn't really happen. That was in, only in the movies, right? You wouldn't well, have done anything. Oh, I'll like tell that. you something that did happen. I was shooting my BB gun, my little red, my little red rider, and it hit. The laundry pole with the one of the poles. My thought yeah, I had the four metal poles pole. On. The metal pole. The BB hit. Came back. Hit me square in the forehead. Get out of here. Yes, it did. So it can happen. <laughs> and my mother said, "What happened? Where'd you get that welt from?" I said, "I got stung by a bee." And she went she to the look. What? Said, yeah, because she would have broke my. <laughs> that crazy Indian lady would have taken my rifle and broken in half. And I don't mean that with any type of 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 uh, prejudice. It's the you truth. know my mom was Sue, was Sue Indian, so and yeah, and she didn't take. She was taking. She was not taking any. Uh, she did not. Garbage. You did. You followed the line. You didn't go to the left of the line, or you didn't go to the right. Look, of the I line. grew up in an Italian household. It was the same thing. All right, <laughs> you stayed on the line. You didn't even think there was not a, a passing thought about crossing to the right. Or so left anyhow, of the line. I didn't want to lose my little red rider because I, I, I was going to get upgraded to my father's. <laughs> Having your spring BB gun. You were looking for an upgrade. Right. All right. So I didn't want to lose that. I see. Well, thank you for sharing, Joseph. So, uh, uh, essential oils. Back to that. One of the things that Kim stated was so important to make sure that you're you're actually procuring your oils from a very... uh, Reliable source? Reliable, trusted... Because you don't want to get, like, yuck mixed in with your oils. So, she purchases from Young Living, and... What she's doing is she's using this as uh, shampoo, skin soothing, and she goes through a formula. Um, you can check out her blog, keepthetailwagging.com, but this is another avenue for pet owners to really explore because she mixes oils, she, use multiple, she uses multiple oils, and then um, she uses it as a shampoo. But you really have to read what she's saying. She uses a carrier oil to, to get the froth going and everything. And it, it's very soothing. Hmm. Uh, things such as cloves, juniper, um, uh, or oregano, tea tree oil, wintergreen. Um, those are actually oils that are not safe for pets. And then she goes through oils that are safe for pets. So I guess to help with the animal's dander, like cats and things yes. like that. 
You know, yes. especially for us since we're so allergic, we love our little kitties. Yes. But that's an instantaneous asthma attack. <laughs> and I yes, always it told is. I always tell the story when I was in the firehouse, I used to have to keep my self contained breathing apparatus on any time yeah. I removed a kitty from a burning house or a building. Yeah, or she'd get allergic. Oh forget it, I was gonna lay on a stretcher next to the cat. <laughs> But she also says, do your homework when using essential oils with your dog. Um, particularly, she cited some sources. Holistic aromatherapy for animals, essential oils for animals, desk reference, essential oils for dogs and cats. It's all in her article. It's really a good read if you want to explore and educate yourself on um, essential oils for your pets. Really, really good. Really good. So um, we want to talk about a cool product. Product of the week. You're going to have to come up with some music for that. Go ahead. I am. I, I can use the old... Do, do, do. And what are we going to use for celebrity pet gossip? Oh, uh, we can use that too for now. Okay. Until I come up with something else. <laughs> well, we have this, these cool pet tags. They're called Twigo Pet Tags. And it's a very cool thought. You stick your pet's uh, tag in there. It's a silencer. So the jingling of the tag doesn't that drive you is crazy. really cool. Now flip that one over that's in your hand, honey. The, the tag itself comes with a little pen. Oh, I see the adhesive. And you could, no, that's the white where you write on there. This is a Oh, this pen. is the white that you, okay, okay. And I thought that you stuck the original tag on the, on the rubber. Uh, these two have a pocket. Oh, they go into the, the pocket. Tag. Okay, and this and you can write their name on. You just or write on it. But That's here's really cool. The the woman who created these has a very good point, which I really like. She said, "Now pets are very mobile." Hold on. This this pen looks like it's made out of cardboard. Is it, it recyclable? It looks totally recyclable. It's made has a cardboard cover on it. And it's very environmentally conscious. Now we like stuff like that. So these uh, tags uh, loop right through. They're easy to use. They're self-attaching, durable, weatherproof. But here's the thing. Her point is that. Pets go all over the place. You might need a tag if you go on vacation, a different tag for if you stay at grandma's house, a different tag if you're at the pet sitters. That's true. Different phone numbers. So get a couple of these and keep them handy. Uh, she also offered an affiliate code uh, or a code for a discount. If you guys want to check these out online, um, they're at twigotags.com, which is T-W-I-G-O tags.com. And if you put in Let the code... Let me just give that again. It's it's Twigo, T W. Excuse me, T-W-I-G-O.com. Twigotags.com. Yeah, Twigotags.com. T is in Tom, W Whiskey, I Ida, G George, O Ocean. Tags. Tags.com. So um, the code is BOWWOW, B-O-W-W-O-W, for $2 off and free shipping if you want to check it out. Um, thank you for, for uh, sending us those to check out, and uh, it's definitely a good product of the week. So our guest today is Laura Lassiter. She's born in Oklahoma and raised around the Native American culture and traditions. Laura was encouraged to follow ancient wisdom and listen to her heart. As a result, she was never shut down as a child and never forgot who she was and knew there was a web of life that connected every living creature on earth. Laura has worked with thousands of animals. She was the animal communicator for the Big Cat Rescue in Tampa, Florida for over two years and worked and talked with the big cats on a daily basis. Laura's made numerous TV appearances, um, and she also uh, has a you know traditional education as well. But um, this is very interesting, is that you know Laura is a renowned animal communicator, intuitive coach, healer, and a business consultant. So we are so happy to have you with us, Laura. Thanks for joining us. 
thank you for having me, and I want to thank everyone who is tuning in and taking time out of their day to, to join us. Cool. So now you were at the big cat uh, rescue. So, like, this is really cool. But how did you actually know that you could talk with animals? How did that happen? Well, you know, I'm asked that often. And my response is, when did you forget that you couldn't? Because mm-hmm. as children, you know, that's one of the first things that we usually have is our animal friends. And uh, as we get older, it, you know, through life, through school, through various and sundry means, we kind of forget that ability. So it's really a natural ability that all of us have. It's just that I never forgot and was always encouraged by my immediate family plus the environment that I was raised in to kind of hone those skills. Interesting. So what exactly is animal communication? Well, you know, that's a really good question because a lot of people don't even believe that they can talk with an animal. And for me, animal communication involves several aspects. It's telepathic in its nature or essence, meaning that it's not a verbal language. Yes, we can verbally talk with the animal, but telepathically we're going to receive from the animal thoughts or message of feelings, uh, even smells, knowing, you know, vague visions, they kind of, they, they work within all of the realms and give us uh, communication. It's just our ability to kind of discern it and understand it. It's also a language of the heart. We really don't talk with the animals from our head. You know, the, not that everybody can't think or anything, but again, animal communication is just a universal language that is basically from the heart. So do you have to be a psychic to talk with animals then, Laura? No, not at all. Anybody can talk with animals. Anybody. Because again, this is our natural ability We have, you know, a lot of times when we lose someone, we don't have the words to express that loss. We have to come from our heart, and we convey those feelings. And so this is no different than animal communication. You do not have to be psychic whatsoever. You just have to be open to the idea that you can talk with animals and that it is possible. So, um... How does, like, animal communication differ from our communication with people, for example? Okay, really good question. Um, well, the first thing is, again, it's a heart language. Most people I know, <laughs> and in our society nowadays, have kind of disconnected from their heart. Uh, you know, we live life, and uh, there's a lot of studies that show that heart disease is the number one up in the society, reason being because we have so so many unresolved issues living in our hearts. And so usually when we talk with people, it's a verbal, in other words, we're coming from our mind. It's an intellectual exercise. Whereas animal communication here, on the other hand, is really, again, from the heart, it's more of coming from who we really are. And that's the main difference. It's intellect versus 
telepathic. Oh, that's interesting. So is it hard to learn to do, or how, what's the process? No, anybody can learn animal communication, really. And when I work with people in my workshops and in my classes, I don't really focus on having them learn things uh, because there's nothing that's really to learn here. I help you remember and to discern what you're hearing or feeling or seeing or thinking. And also, a lot of exercises, I mean, there's some techniques. There's, I, I have a lot of exercises that help you connect with one another in the class and really start, I think as soon as people know, Robin, that, oh, yeah, that's, I do that, you know, then it's, people get this idea, yeah, I, yeah, like when somebody, you're thinking of somebody that's, you know, and then all of a sudden they're calling, you know, well, that's, that's communication, that's not animal communication, but that is telepathic communication. So it's really discerning what you are already receiving that you're just not kind of thinking of in those terms. Does that make sense to you? It does make sense, but, you know, my question is, what is the science behind it, and is there any science to support it? This is for the skeptics out there who are saying, you know, how how can we know that this is real in a way? Yes. There's, well, there's lots of studies, and in fact, I post quite a few of them on my Facebook page because uh, there are several groups, and these most of them are peer-reviewed journals. You know, having a, I've got financial degrees, so I still work a lot out of my left brain because I like to bring that science and things that you can't really see integrate them together to make a whole picture. HeartMath.org is a great, great organization that has a lot of science behind how animals are communicating with us, and they measure that through the heart rate variability. Um, and there's other groups now that are uh, dolphins, especially the whales. Uh, there was a study just done uh, that dogs know and can identify the exact emotions and the thoughts that we are uh, sending out, and they did MRI in order to prove that with the dog's brain patterns, the brain waves. So there's a lot of new technology that, you know, there's a lot more research going into and validating animal communication. You know, Laura, we have, we have two small dogs, and... I, they both totally understand uh, oh, what our no emotions doubt. are. But I'll tell you, one dog cares and one doesn't. <laughs> one yeah, dog cares. You know, you little, Phil <laughs> little Philomena knows, you know, what type of mood you're in. If you're feeling bad or something, she has a lot of empathy. Or she'll come around and play when you're in a playful mood. She knows a lot more than my... Actually, the Chihuahua, she just doesn't care. As long as her food is there, <laughs> she, really she just wants to make sure, are you okay? Are you making enough money to go shopping for me? Can go you buy my, my food? <laughs> That's what she cares about. But Philomena, the little men pen, she's definitely a very sensitive dog. And we didn't need technology to prove that to us. We definitely could tell. Now, Laura, can you share a story with us from uh, your time at the Tiger Rescue? Can you give us a little insight as to maybe something that had occurred there that was uh, special? And tell us a little bit about your book as well. Yes, I have a book coming out next year on the cat rescue. Uh, it's really the lessons that we have learned from the big cats specifically. I think one of my favorite stories 
you first uh, found me after Katrina, uh, I went out and talked. I spent a Sunday with her, and I talked to 21 big cats. And uh, it was about eight hours. <laughs> and uh, as we were walking around one of the enclosures, and I'd never really heard of the cat rescue before that, and uh, I, we were walking around one of the enclosures, enclosures in the back, and I kept waiting for this big cat to jump out at me. And, I mean, I was backed up to the fence, you know, because I, I could just feel her presence so well and so strongly. And when we got to the other enclosure, I... Ask your life, said, well, wait a minute, where, where is that big cat that was, you know, here in this enclosure? And she said, oh, there is no big cat. I said, oh, yes, there is. And she said, no, there's not. And I said, well, yes, there is. And so she said, well, describe this cat. So I described the cat to her, and, you know, she gave me the feeling that she couldn't see straight. And that, and she was a lioness, and that she had passed. She was in spirit. So Carol started asking me a bunch more questions, and I gave her very specific information as far as the keeper. Her name was Susie or Susan. In other words, that was the uh, volunteer that always fed uh, this cat, and her name was Maya, and took care of her, and also that uh, she had died of seizures, but she had had a reaction to some of the medications. Carol validated everything. Well, Carol called me later and asked, me why Maya was still there, and I told her about this volunteer. We met with the volunteer the next day in the golf cart, and we actually drove out to her, you know, where Maya's enclosure was, and uh, we started talking, and Maya had a message for this volunteer, and what was so really cool about this is because her mother and her father had passed in the same year, and she did not have peace about this, and she was getting ready to take you know, action legally against one of the doctors, and Maya was there to tell her, no, 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 your mother was ready to go. And then her mother came through. I talked with her mother, talked with her father, validated all that because I gave this volunteer, you know, her nickname, gave her very specific information. And by the time that we were done, it was about an hour, hour and a half, the volunteer was in tears. And she knew that this was the truth, and Maya had hung around to help her through this grieving process and to tell her the truth. And as soon as we had that, as God is my witness, Maya appeared, you know, like a ghost in front of us and looked at us and smiled and then walked kind of, she just disappeared as she walked away. Wow. And I had that, I had that story on a podcast in YouTube called, uh, I think it was Maya, uh, and it was just an incredible experience. And then from there on, you know, needless to say, I was a part of the cat rescue team, and uh, it was just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, we've heard of stories like this before that uh, okay. animals will come back. We, we used to work with the organization in New Jersey, uh, the Popcorn Park Zoo, and um, they did. They did have several animal communicators that would help them out from time to time, and the animals came back and delivered messages for people. And what's funny about this is that the from the Popcorn Park Zoo, there were so many different uh, animal keepers and uh, people that cleaned up the cages and maintenance people that had whatever beliefs they had. A lot of them had it would, would never believe what the, you were, we're just talking about here. Yeah. 
But after the situations that they experienced, they're like, hey, I'm telling you, that cat was there. I still have a cat again. I know the cat died two days ago, but I was cleaning the cage. Or that that, uh, rhino was there. I saw the rhino come through, and I was like, did you guys see that? And it's, you know, multiple stories like that. Life-changing stories. But that's very interesting. Now, unfortunately, we're out of time for today, Laura, but we hope you can come back and talk some more on another episode. Can you do that for us? I sure can. Thank you again, and you all have a wonderful week. Thanks, Laura. Take care now. Fascinating. Holy crow. Well, I didn't expect a touching story like that. That's a very touching story. I like that. So let's talk about... Do we have uh, any uh, tears on scene? Okay. There are no tears on scene at this time, Kay, but thanks for for, for calling me out on radio in front of the entire radio audience. And uh, I appreciate that, and and I will pay back the favor yeah, at some time. Yeah. There's lumps in the gravy. Yeah, there are lumps in the gravy. <laughs> You're in trouble now, mister. So um, another uh, very touching story we wanted to bring to light. This was uh, brought to our attention by our friends Bill and Arlene. This is uh, a fascinating story about how a guy went fishing in Juneau, Alaska. So he goes fishing. And what did he catch? He caught four deer. So what happened was... He goes out with his family. They're on the boat. They're in the lake in Sitka. This story was from the Sitka Gazette. It's a 62-foot fishing vessel. And they're in the lake, and they see these four deer in the lake. The deer start swimming towards him. And they knew that they were like, we're exhausted, dude. Bring us in the boat. So the guy was joking, saying that he went fishing. He caught four deer. And they actually brought the deer on the boat and let them rest. They laid down on the boat, hung out. Uh, the guy went into uh, Taku Harbor. And um, when they reached the dock, uh, they, they helped the buck. There was a buck and some does. Right. Uh, they helped them onto the dock. Wow. And um, the... the do, do they know where they were swimming from? Well, they must have... Maybe they got chased by prey or something, or hunters or something. Who knows? Yeah. But they knew that they needed help out there in the. And they in knew the to lake. swim to the boat, and they would be okay. The, well, the deer knew to swim to the boat, and not yeah. away from. Yep. And so they, um, the last little deer was exhausted, and they put him in a wheelbarrow, and they helped him to land. And wow. All the deer were okay, and they weren't afraid, and and it was just really cool. That's a great story. Yeah. I love that story with, with wildlife. Yeah. I mean, now with YouTube and all the social media, you can certainly uh, you see more and more of it um, everywhere you everywhere you look. All the very heartwarming stories. You're listening to Pets Teach Us So Much here on WKDW 97.5 FM, broadcasting from Northport, Florida. So, um, honey, you had uh, brought to light a story before we... Uh, came to the studio um, about uh, snakes. And let me tell you something. Um, The Sarasota County Sheriff's Department put pictures online about the snakes. About the story that I said about crossing the road there? Yes. So it's the old, why did the snake cross the road? On uh, Palmetto Road in Sarasota, there has been a, a reported plethora I don't see snakes. a copy of the story. I don't know if I well, took it off it the Well, it probably printer. got sucked up into, into the, the uh, piles of paper. Oh, here it is. Okay. Blame me. My fault. Palmer Boulevard. There it is. Yeah. 
So the snakes, what happened? It said, let's see, it said a bunch of snakes. What they thought was that the snakes were during mating season. And they were coming across the road. And what they're saying on I-75 in Sarasota, some of the snakes were completely smashed because the cars are driving through. Or mile, was it, was it actually on? They were on, they were on, what they were on, they were on Palmer Boulevard, okay. a mile east of I-75. Okay. So they were trying to get some snake? Trying to get their snake on? They were trying to get their snake on, I guess, but I don't know why they, they went out into the road there. Well, I don't know either. But, but they're just, what they're saying is if, if any people are driving through, especially on motorcycles and stuff, to be careful. And they, they posted a picture online. If you go to our Twitter, uh, we retweeted. Uh, you could see, I mean, just a lot of snakes. Yes. I mean. You know, they're, they're assuming that. That hasn't been a scientific fact that it was mating season. That was just one of the, uh, I guess, hypotheses that they're saying. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a conclusion yet. That that was definitely it. But mm-hmm. who knows? So how, how are they going to come to the conclusion? Well. <laughs> At least one of the snakes had their Snake Playboy magazine up on or something. It. I don't know. I know. I should. You know. You, you know when you should stop. I should have stopped. I just opened the door and he walked in. So uh, Sunday is National Feral Cat Day, which is October sixteenth. So even if it's uh, if if you're listening to the show on podcast or um, uh, thank you so much. Thank you to Joe. Joe's on. Joe, we Joe didn't give Inge- Joe kudos. Joe the engineer. engineer. We got to give Joe the engineer kudos. He just brought us water. He's the best. He man. is the he best. He is the best. You know, we just, we, just, we just met Joe, and it seems like we've known him for years. Well, we've met a lot of nice people in Florida, I have to say. And it's yep. nice to work with everybody. It sure is. But uh, Feral Cat Day is this Sunday, uh, October 16th. So there are over 1,000 activities and events planned worldwide. Because there is a lot of uh, TRN groups. Hold on, I just want to. I just want to just correct. It's Joe the oldies guy. Joe the oldie. That's his also why he's our yes. engineer today. <laughs> that's his show. You can check it out. Um, so I think it's really nice. You can go to www.alleycat.org and check out some of the activities because a lot of people support TNR, which is trap, neuter, return, so that feral uh, cat colonies can exist. Um, and, you know, uh, live a decent life, that's for sure. Uh, let's oh, go it. on to the uh, pit bull ban. This is really bugging me. Oh, another pit bull ban? Well, there Where is, is breed-specific legislation in Montreal. Oh, Canada? And Yeah, but what's happened is, um, since that story came out, they have actually uh, put... An, a indefinite hold on the legislation. Okay. There was so there is a lot to say about action of the people. I mean, they were going to make it so difficult to own a pit bull. You would have to give one hundred fifty dollars for the permit. Right. You would have to. I mean, it was so many things. The total cost was around six hundred and fifty dollars. You have to do a background check. You have to do. A, you have to buy a muzzle. You have to do a lot of things. It was ridiculous, and and I'm very against so breed specific so, legislation. So they were putting that as an aggressive dog, an aggressive breed. Yes. Against what they're saying. Yet another one, you know. Uh, but luckily, it it uh, was stopped. It was held. There's so many dogs out there that any type of animal can be aggressive for a lot of reasons. I mean, it doesn't have to be a pit bull. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to call them aggressive. They're just being what they they were bred for. Yeah. (laughs) 
mean, you know, I mean, and I mean what they're bred for. If they're bred for a family, if a family is treating them nice, yes, and treat and not treating them to be a drug protector's dog or something like that, or yep. or a thug dog or whatever you want to call them, or a guard dog. Mm-hmm. If they're not in that type of situation, it all depends on their on their on their on, on how they're being brought up. Yes, it's I just guess. like a child. Well, if you remember um, the little rascals. Petey was a pit bull, and um, he was a uh, protector. You know, if you look at the old pictures, uh, old photographs, children with their dogs, a lot of them are pit bulls, and they're called children's babysitters at the time because they would protect and play with the kids, so... Uh, just that anyway, makes that, me nuts. Any of our old shows, anything's archived. There's probably tons of us with our breed specific legislation. Yeah. Drives us nuts. Um, a little warning with all this rain uh, oh, yeah. and the hurricane that occurred. Um, Brings out our reptile friends. Now, this show is all animals, you know. We, we talk about all type of pets. It's just not fur babies. Well, you know what? We like our reptile lovers and our alligator lovers and. Last week, uh, you lizard tra- lovers. <laughs> Last week, you translated frog lovers. Okay, okay, Joseph. Last week, you translated into cat. Do you think you can translate into snake at all? I don't have my rattler with me. Well, uh, I, if I had my, did you know that I have a degree in snake speak? Do you? Yes. Oh, do you want me to translate? Oh, please do. That's my contribution. Thank you. <laughs> I'll help you out with the uh, translation later. But uh, some rattlesnakes are moving around. Uh, you definitely need to be careful when you're walking your pets. Five dogs have been bitten by rattlesnakes in Polk County for the dogs died. So you don't want to let your dog go running around by itself. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of cottonmouths or water moccasins, basically the same snake by us with the lakes mm-hmm. and things yeah. that are out there running around. Yeah. You know, you just got to give them their space. Well, and the thing is, you, you know, unless you're absolutely sure of the breed of the snake, you know, rattlesnake is kind of, that's one of the easier ones to identify. But there are a lot of snakes that you shouldn't kill. I mean, I was just going to bring that up. There's a lot of people out there, volunteers and organizations That'll come and remove the snake for you. Unless you're in a situation that, you know, that you have to defend, your defend life, yourself. You know. That goes with anything. You stand yeah. your ground and you have to take whatever out you have to take out. Unfortunately, you don't want to do that. But if the snake has you in a position or whatever animal. Yeah. But anyway, there's a lot of organizations and people out there that you can contact that would be happy to remove the snake. They'll help you. And help you and, and, or suggest ways that you can do it. You know, we were just reading the thing that you can use mothballs in your garage or whatever and a couple other different. They said mothballs and kitty litter in a sealed container placed around areas where you don't want the snakes to come in. Right. Is uh, one way we've heard that from several people. We haven't tried it. But again, most of us that's, that's lived in Florida for quite some time, and the people that are relocating here, you got to understand this is Florida. Yes. I mean, you're going to have some wild type animals that are going to, you know, say hi. Wild type animals, yeah. as opposed to completely wild as a, as animals, a, as opposed to your pets. Okay. <laughs> some of us do have snakes as pets and spiders and yes, lions and bears. Oh my. And um, those tegu lizards, I'm so glad we haven't seen one of those, quite frankly. They freak me out. Those giant, giant lizards. 
Now, our next guest is Anne Greenberg. She's the founder of the Underground Chic, a collection of stylish, eco-friendly handbags made from recycled Recycled plastic bottles, if you could believe that. Really cool. She paired her talent in design and passion for animals and created a new line called A Pet With Paws. That's apetwithpaws.com. As a veteran in the fashion industry, Anne used to design women's clothing, which she loved, but after working in the industry for 20 years, she no longer found it fulfilling. Anne noticed three things were happening. In the, in the industry, people's priorities were changing, they were concerned about global warming and climate change, and there seemed to be a demand for fashionable yet sustainable products. But there weren't many to be found. So A Pet With Paws is filling that niche. So welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us what some of the trends are you're seeing in the eco-friendly uh, genre of the pet industry. Okay, well, um, as you mentioned um, in my bio, it, people and pet parents are becoming much more aware of what's happening to our planet and our environment, and they're looking for products that can contribute to preserving the environment. So um, it seems that there's a heightened awareness, and people are looking for um products that are made from eco-friendly materials and that, um, therefore, they can take care of the environment and they can also take care of um, the pets. And we have to tell you, we, we do have um, some of your products here, and they're absolutely adorable. We have a little wristlet that um, it it's, looks like it's leather, but it's not, and it's made from uh, plastic bottles, as we had mentioned, and it's got the little hole in the back for the poo bags, and then you have the... I have the harness type, and the product is really, really nice. It has a little knapsack. But it goes on like a harness buddy for your pet. And let me tell you something. It takes a lot, I mean a real lot, for us to say we like something. But this is (laughs) a really great design. I mean, this looks good. And, you know, you you think, you, you look at a couple things on here, like the tag, it's embossed or sublimated onto the product, and it looks like it's there. It looks like the tag is on there. I mean, there's a belt going through. It looks like the belt is going it's all cool, the way around man. the knapsack. It really is. I mean, it's really nice stuff. And to be know, and to know that it's eco-friendly it's and cool. that it's, it's, oh, it's just wins. It's a win-win with us. And the other thing is the product quality yeah. and, the, and, the, and, the, and the hardware. Yeah. And, again, we, we get so it's many nice. products sent to us. If, you know, we, we donate a, a, a load of products to the area rescues, but we don't. And most of those don't don't get brought up on the radio. Yeah, we don't even talk really about nice. them. But this is worth talking about. This is a well, great design you. and a great product. So, how did you discover this material? Okay, so well, um, as you mentioned, I was first doing handbags, and I um, I wanted to do come up with a fabric that was um, that was sustainable and eco friendly. So, I did a lot of research. Um, and I had discovered this fabric. It's, um, it's actually technically called RPET, which is fabric that's made from recycled plastic bottles. And um, it's made in China, and I went to the factory to see exactly how they make the fabric, which is absolutely incredible. The recycled plastic bottles are melted down 
And then what results as after that, after a certain process, it comes out looking like a, a cotton puff. And then they take this cotton puff and they put, put it on needle by needle onto a machine. And then the machine extrudes fiber. It's then plied into yarn and woven into the fabric. So it's, it's almost like a process for wool, where it's, it's, the, it's the fiber? Right. Like? right. It's, a, you know, the pro, it's the same process where you would make um, wool from you know, the sheared animals mm-hmm. or a cotton fabric from a cotton crop. It's exactly the same concept as, regarding how it's made. So, and obviously you seem to be really tapped into the whole eco-friendly movement. Uh, tell us a little bit about your involvement with Trees of the Future. Okay, Trees of the Future. Um, okay, so um, I wanted to, since um, A Pet With Paws and The Underground Chic are both um, companies that um, are using fabrics that are eco-friendly and cruelty-free, so I wanted I felt that it's my responsibility to give back, and I was looking for an organization that I thought would sort of complement what I'm doing, and I discovered the organization um, Trees for the Future. It's a nonprofit organization, and what I think is amazing is that it, it plants trees all over the world. So that it number one, it trains communities in various in Africa or South America or even Haiti, all over the world in terms of how to reforest mm-hmm. the natural resources that have been destroyed and also plant crops and trees so that, that it also enhances their community and their lifestyle. That's great. You know, that's a really conscientious, sustainable way to do business. And we thank you so much for joining us. The website is a petwithpaws.com. Okay, I just want to thank her for being conscientious and really producing the product for the pet and their poor parents. This is really a great product. Great. Thank you so much, Ann Greenberg. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Joseph. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Joseph, tell us, what did you learn from pets today? Oh, so much today. But one thing I learned, if you get your groove on, do not do it (laughs) on the street. Because you will get run over. I don't want to be like those poor little (laughs) things. If you love pets and you want to help us continue supporting them, like the TPPC TV page on Facebook, please. WKDW 97.5 Northport Real Community Radio. Be kind to your pets. Thank you so much for your support. And until next week, Woofy Woo. Hey, 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 good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? Hey, sweet baby. Don't you think maybe we could find us a brand new recipe? I got a hot rod for and a two dollar bill. I know a spot right over the hill. There's soda pop and the dancing spree. If you wanna have fun, come along with me. Hey, good looking. 
What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? Well, I'm free and I'm ready So we can go steady How's about saving all your time for me? Something up. How's about cooking something up with me? 